We all know that cars mean traffic, errands, and budgets. But they should also represent freedom and fun. Join us as we work to find everyone a car they'll love. I'm Paul. I'm Todd. And this is the Everyday Driver Car Debate. We're back into a normal schedule from a crazy Corvette shoot that we had all last week. It's, good, it's crazy, been a crazy, but crazy. Actually, Ultimately some bad, good. some bad, crazy too. We got yeah. stories from the Corvette shoot yeah. coming, but before we do that, I feel like it's something we have to do right now. Agreed. The mini raffle, spot the mini, has been in a, in the process of a raffle for past probably six weeks or so. Many of you, thank you, have been a part of that. <laughs> the raffle ended yesterday. We have not announced a winner until right now. We're going to call the person that won. His name is Evan. We're going to call him. And I'm hoping we're going to reach him because he's in North Carolina. And if you're following the news, that is currently recovering from hurricane madness. Yes. Well, it's become a tropical depression, but it's dumping all kinds of rain. Yes. And it's the Flooding tropical depression Florence as yes. of 2018. Totally. Three so, quarters so of the way through the year. Power's out. Flooding is happening. Yeah. But we're going to call Evan yeah. anyway. We're going to see if we can reach him and tell him he has no idea we're calling. Tell him he's won spot. Well, we're hoping we get him. Here we go. Evan. Evan, this is Todd and Paul from Everyday Driver. Can you hear us? No, you're kidding me right now. No, <laughs> I'm not kidding you right now. Or later, I'm not kidding at all. <laughs> hey, Evan, this is Paul. How are you, man? Paul, Todd, you're kidding me. I just saw Park City, Utah, and we were about to go to bed. And I told my wife, I was like, babe, this could be Everyday Driver. It is. And my question for you is, would you still like Spot the Mini? Um, yeah. Then it's yours, my friend. You've won it. Oh Congratulations, my friend. Oh, my gosh. So there will be many things for you and I to talk about in the next week or so as you figure out details. But the short answer is the raffle's over. You're the person that got picked. You have won the mini. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I'm like, <laughs> I don't know what to say right now. I'm glad. I'm glad. Are you guys floating away in the hurricane right now? Yeah, we're concerned about you, actually. <laughs> but we did all right. Not quite. We're in the... We're in Charlotte, so we got a little bit of rain, but nothing crazy. All okay. Right. Well, you now have a car to add to somewhere. I don't know if it's in or outside of a garage, but you're, just, you're adding a car. Yes. <laughs> Can I just say that my husband, of all of, our, of all of the people I know, okay, and all of our friends, he is known for being the guy that's obsessed with vehicles. He has probably owned 15, and he's only 29 years old. He buys and sells them like crazy, just like is a car I said, not expert. He's just a car aficionado. He just loves the vehicle. He told me that he did this, and I was like, "Why would you do that?" And I was like, "Well, you know, it's twenty bucks to a good cause or to people that you like." Like, um, is that twenty bucks lost? Fantastic. Fantastic. Congratulations. It's, it's a real thing. Congrats, guys, for, for sure. We use the term oh, super freak. God. That's us. But you know, call us whatever you want. Agreed. Enthusiasts, super Agreed. freaks. You know, we, we're into cars. So this is Evan Zipperer. He is the winner of Spot the Mini, and uh, he and I will talk much in the coming week or so as we figure out how it gets across co- across the country to North Carolina and away from the hurricane and into Evan's hands. Oh, that sounds great, guys. I appreciate it. I'm about to go to bed, but now I think I'm going to have a celebratory beer. So. <laughs> love it. Love it. Fantastic. Evan, thank you so much for your support. And we're, we're thrilled to have you yeah, with us, Yeah, we appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. Good night. Talk Cheers. Bye-bye. I'm thrilled we got to reach him. 
I'm glad it worked like we thought. Yes, I hope I, it I wanted to surprise him, but right before, just yeah, yeah. right before we did the podcast. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So we, we did it. That was great. I'm really glad we could get that done. Evan, you and I have much to talk about because I have to ship uh, Spot the Mini, the truck across country and get him to you, which is yeah. great. I hope you, you drive him and enjoy him. And I have to go car shopping, which is a new new feature for me. Yes, so, you've been thank uh, you. making noises about what you want to get, but yes. we're not going to announce that yet. Not, and thank yet. you, by the way, to all of you who have entered the raffle. Yes. Thank you. That is going to production. That is going to everything about mm-hmm. the show so thank sure. you very For much sure. it's going toward a new car and life goes on which is really cool we, we hope does. we really hope to be raffling more in the future i'll be i'll be really honest with you something you and i talked about today mm. i don't think we'll know until we get this sounds really mundane really like i called my accountant mundane but until we get through the end <laughs> okay. of the year and is, are there tax repercussions how does the raffle actually fully shake out oh, yeah we'll find out before we know mm-hmm. okay how do we do the next one as far as we know we did everything right Yep. But yep. we stand to be surprised. It's happened before. There's lots of surprises. For sure. I say we jump right into the film shoot stories. We can get to the uh, show business later, yeah. but this is on good. our minds. I think that's good. Yeah, as you have probably seen by our social media and by our announcements on mm-hmm, the podcast, mm-hmm. we've been spending the last six days straight shooting Corvettes. Yes, yes. So we've had a couple days off right now, but it was six days straight shooting of all the generations. We actually drove them back to back. We didn't just shoot them back to back because you know shooting can be all over the map and completely yeah and uh you know back and forth but we actually drove them in order mm-hmm. which was great and it did inform our commentary throughout completely, the film completely so this is the film that will be released we're targeting a december date mm-hmm. somewhere in there just before christmas yep early december release and It'll this be... will be film number five uh yes five. film crazy. number five in six years wow here's the thing this is in the style of our 50 years of 9-11 or our icon film which is the bmw m3s it's that idea but for Corvettes. If you think about it, Corvettes have been around for longer than all of them. The oldest car in this film is a 1954. Yeah. We couldn't get a 53 because they year. made them for, you know, well, I mean, they made them for like well, they made 300 months. of them. Exactly. Yes. So we didn't get one of those, but we got a 1954. And I will say, 1954 to essentially a brand new Z06, this is the span that we're dealing with. So, but what I still can't believe is it's 12 cars. 12 cars We've on camera. We've never had 12 cars in a film. We were beat on. We were really feeling it. I feel better after a couple of days. And uh, It was great nice fun, be, nice but it was, it was a lot. And yeah. honestly, I will also say this. We normally kind of save some of these stories, but they, they're so fresh in our mind. We've been sharing them so much. And we'll share more as we get closer to the actual release of the film. Sure. But oh, we yeah. thought we'd share some of the madness that occurred during the shoot that was the, 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 the unplanned, you've got to be kidding me kind of stuff. And it's stuff that we know is coming. You know, we... You can't plan for it, as Todd said, but you've got to just... We're surprised if it uh, if nothing happens, let's and, say that. And, you, and we know there's going to be the unexpected, and we know we're going to have to roll with it. But, mm-hmm. but, by, but by three days into this shoot, we were looking at each other going, okay, it needs to stop. <laughs> well, in uh, response to Howard G's question, I think on Facebook, asked, did we kill any Corvettes? During the shoot. Defined and after day kill. three, yeah, kill. Yeah. you were looking at me and going, this has to stop. Yeah, All I of was. this has to end, this madness, this craziness, because it adds to the stress of Completely. you know, hosting on camera Completely. and getting the shots and getting everything done. Yeah. And then yeah, it's yeah. adding to, all right, well, that day's killed or that, di- you know. That just happened. And <laughs> wow, I survived that. I mean, I will start off with something that's going to seem really light when you hear the rest of the stories. But I will start off with this. If you think about the modern time and modern safety features and modern everything in the cars you drive, now hop into a car from 1954 Mm, where your seating position doesn't move and is too close to the steering wheel. And by the way, have you noticed there are no, not anything, no seatbelts. 
No top, no roll bar, no Go nothing. Go drive that car. It has a flimsy little windshield that only comes to the middle of my forehead, <laughs> and the steering wheel is way too close, and the no airbag stem of it is pointed right at my sternum, and I'm not wearing a seatbelt. That feels really uncomfortable when you get into it with a modern perception. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. But look how beautiful this car is. But it looks great. And it was it was a, an adventure to drive. And it was yeah. very special yeah. to drive, even though we didn't hoon that car because it was lucky to run. 1954. We had an unexpected drive of a different car right in the middle of the shoot. But oh, yes. I think you should start with these top three things that happened to some cars. As sure. Start in, jump in with the 1960. The 54 and the 56 were great. Mm-hmm. We had three... C1s, three of the first generation of the Corvette, yeah. okay? And the 54, we knew we weren't going to drive very hard. The 56 and the 60, the owners were like, yeah, these are ready to drive hard. Slightly different location. Great-looking location. Uh, I was getting to the end of my 1960 interview. By the way, everything that happened on this shoot, I, I will go ahead and say it. It all happened to me. I I don't have an answer. We, we don't know why. Don't. But ultimately, as you will see from the stories... The owners and I and everybody else said, well, that could have happened to anybody. True, but it did happen to me. (laughs) I just want that noted. Uh, (laughs) So I'm driving the 1960 car. It was great. It was was good fun. It was uh, the most powerful one we'd driven to that point. So it Mm -hmm. felt genuinely powerful compared to where we'd been. I got near the end of my interview, okay? And I drove it to the top of second gear and and it pushed on it hard. And the owner was like, yeah, be sure you drive it hard. It's awesome. It's all set up. I got to the end of my interview and I was pulling in to hand the car to Paul. And looked down and I noticed the temperature gauge is... Pegged. Now, nothing, the car had never done, by the way, it's not like it'd done a hiccup. It's not like there was right, a moment when I was right. like, oh, that didn't feel right. It just ran. But I looked down and I'm like, the temperature gauge is pegged. I don't remember it being pegged before, but these are old cars. The gauges do weird things. So maybe it's stuck that way. Maybe there's a problem. I don't know. The gauges bounce, a, bounce around a bit. Totally. You know, they're spring loaded. Totally. We'll say. So I got to yeah. a stop and instantly heard a hiss and smelled coolant, at which point I knew that temperature gauge is not lying. Mm-hmm. We thought, okay, yeah. I've worked the car a little hard. Maybe I should drive it a little bit and see if it cools off. So I drove a little bit. It did not cool off. I drove it slowly a little bit, but that air flowing over the car did not cool off. Then it started to sound like a truck. It was like, this is not right. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. instead of limping it back to the owner, I just pulled it off, at which point it decided to pop the extra security little circle on the reservoir. Right. is a plastic cap in the overflow tank yes. sitting on top of the custom-built radiator, Popped, by the way. Yeah, if, yeah custom-built radiator. Because 1960, if you don't know, it is the only year that gets a different radiator than every other C1 generation. And of course, this is the one that goes wrong. Uh-huh. So it pops that, that extra little security top and dece- proceeds to steam everything it decides it's got in itself. It just decides, <laughs> decides everybody out. I we, did tell the guys, Chance and Ben, I said, guys, I just roll camera. Just You never know. Yeah. Just Get it? Yeah, there'll be there'll be some fun behind the scenes on yeah, this film. Yeah, <laughs> so we steam all of the radiator fluid out of the car, and we finally get all that to dissipate, so we can open the car, and we realize the fan belt's gone. Yeah, it's yeah. it's gone. We're not sure where it went, but it's gone away. Yeah, it threw the fan belts, and so ultimately, what was determined is you need the deep V pulleys. <laughs> this is the consumer the advice section in case you have a sick 1960 Corvette. This is the important stuff. This is what you need. Of course, they have to be perfectly aligned. The pulleys do, mm-hmm. and then they have to be the deep V pulleys, which seats the belt even further, even better, so you can rev the car. And you know, once things start to go, and the fan isn't blowing air through the radiator, yeah, yeah. sucking air in it. 
doesn't really like that. It boils all the coolant out of it the does. overflow tank and it does. out of the radiator. And these cars, by the it's way, crazy. you guys should know if you don't know already, these cars are pristine. In most cases, yeah. these owners have never let anyone drive it but themselves. And they've been unbelievably nice and accommodating yes. and enthusiastic and to they be in the show film. Up, they show up with them just so spotless. And there is there, there are a few worse feelings for Paul and I oh. than to leave in an owner's car and come back in a production vehicle. <laughs> You roll back, and it's not their car rolling back. Uh-huh. And Paul and I step out, kind of, you know, shoulders slumped like, um, hi. <laughs> Here's how we position it. Your house didn't burn down. Your kids are fine. The world is still turning. Nobody you loved is injured. However. However. Um, yeah. You know that car that we've been driving? The, wow. The one you own? Mm. All right, oh, so man. continue with the uh, the yeah, 63. Yeah, that was 1960. That, and that owner, that owner got that car fixed. It was back later in the week. He did. It's in the film. And I, he you know. did a marvelous mm-hmm. job. He got a cap overnighted. Yeah. He enlisted help from all of his Corvette yeah. knowledgeable owner friends, and he got it back running, and he got it back to us, and it is fully, fully in the film. It's, it's, go- it's gorgeous, genuinely gorgeous. Uh, the next day, <laughs> there are six days of this production, by the way. Yeah, we won't go through day. all six days, but the first three days are kind of hellish. The next day, we're driving the gorgeous, perfect, amazing 1963 split window Stingray. It's gorgeous. Silver. If you don't know what this is, this is one of the most valuable Corvettes out there. It's the one everybody wants. We've heard it's estimated in the $200,000 range if yeah. it were to go to auction right plus. now. This is what this car maybe is. Maybe quarter, maybe not, but maybe quarter million. So, Probably quarter million with fuel injection, which yeah. still had the carbureted engine, but still. So, I mean, it's not like this owner just hands this out to people to drive. And he no, was with us. He was no. with us on the shoot. I mean, all these owners are with us on the yeah, shoot. He's yeah, with yeah. us on the shoot. I'm doing my interview again. You noticing a trend? <laughs> um, I, I've just gone past a camera position. I, I'm going down a hill past camera position. I, I don't drive slowly in cars like this, but I'm also, it's a 1963 split window. I'm not trying to hoon it. Okay. 12 inch drum brakes. It had the upgrade. Exactly. Woohoo. So I'm just driving it kind of normally. <laughs> and I get to, and, and, the, and I will share this footage. I'll share all this footage we're talking about. We're, this it's just, we're trying to decide where it will go. These right are teases now. for behind the yeah. scenes stuff. But I start to go into a corner. And as I go into a corner, it's a left turn. And you can see it on, we actually have it on drone, and we also have it on, on the, the in car cameras. Yeah. As I'm starting to do a slight left turn, a white Mazda CX 5 in the oncoming lane decides to turn across my lane to a parking lot on my right side. So completely in front of me at the last minute. I'm in a classic car with bad drum brakes that is worth much more than I could ever replace. And this person and their passengers just turned. That was they, kind they of just, you right then. They just that was t- nice. That was, that that was, was, that was on purpose. Right that was, that was a, there was real effort was exerted you, you there. You didn't mention anything. Yes. Yes. Um, I, I'm not exaggerating when I say inches. Inches of space passed between these cars without a wreck. It is the closest I have come in my lifetime to, to avoiding a wreck. And I have to say, when she turned, the thought went through my mind, I'm done. I'm done. Yeah, this is yeah. going to be horrific. It's going to be a T-bone. Because the first time she made the move, I was like, I'm going to do everything I can. But I'm telling you, there's just no chance. I am amazed that I missed her. By the way, this car is perfect. Fiberglass. Huh? It's perfect. Yeah, it's gorgeous. The owner has owned it it's for gorgeous. 20 years. Mm-hmm. Yep. Not a thing done. All we can say now is the car is safely back in its garage. Mm-hmm. So there is good news. But the footage is horrifying. And I was following in the drone, following you. And I had lost you on the screen. And mm-hmm. I thought, all right, I'll just return to home base. Mm-hmm. My battery's low. 
I'll just get out of here. And unbeknownst to me, when you pulled the footage later, yeah. you you saw it. You, you spotted it, it on drone, it, yeah. which is even more horrifying. And you're right. It was inches. Yeah. And I and here's the thing I thought about actually after the fact, because all I did at the moment was react. But after the fact, I realized two things. One, uh, it's a big metal American steering wheel with no airbag. And, a, mm-hmm. you know, the center of the steering column pointed at my chest. Mm-hmm. And I'm wearing a lap belt. <laughs> these belts had just, been invented by just this a point in time so you know yeah. the this let's let's be candid the cx5 and its occupants would have been fine i would not have been yeah and neither would the car yeah so i i have to say i sat on the side of the road for a few minutes and just reset myself and then went okay i'm doing a job i'm halfway through my interview i need to keep driving I'm just so glad that you are fine. Oh, I mean, my gosh. All the owners to the person have said, you know what? Cars can be replaced. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're right. And I'm but just at the same time, really thankful. Whoa. I actually showed there was another owner on the shoot later in the week who yeah. knew that owner. <laughs> yeah. And I happened to have a clip of this, of this in-car on my phone that I'd shown to you guys. Right. And I showed it to him. And he had what I can only describe as a visceral reaction to the footage. Yeah, yeah. It, it like you know when when like the spider ca- crawls and you have that visceral kind of he recoiled twist, by a recoil couple of steps backwards. It really bothered him to watch the footage. And, and so later, so later in the week when we got all the cars together for our really cool clothes, the clothes is awesome. All the owners were there. All the cars were there. You've seen some of those photos. We we showed we we had this footage. And at one point, the guys were like, "Can we see it?" And this owner who'd already seen it was like, he said to the owner of the 63, he said, I don't think you want to see this. I mean, he was dead serious. Like, I don't think you want to see this. And everybody's like, no, 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 let's watch. So it's horrifying. So oh we'll share it at gosh. some point. But um, I'm, gl- I'm here's the thing. I'm thrilled to have footage and have no consequence. Yes. I keep reminding oh. myself that car is back home safely in its garage. As am I. Yes. Fine. <laughs> and you are. You're here. Everything's fine. I'm just thrilled. Uh-huh. So the next day. No, no, I'm not done. I'm not done. The next day, we've gotten to Wednesday, the C3s, third generation cars. The next day, there were two events because, you know, what's going on here? Um, <laughs> Things come in threes, I guess, right? I, I, or, or sixes. I don't know. Because yeah. this was still just day three. So anyway, I hope you're enjoying this this stroll through our madness of last week. I, oh, by the way, I do want to stop here real quickly and say we got great footage. We got, uh, look, I'll tell you, nearly a thousand individual files make up the raw footage and 1.25 terabytes of data. There's a lot to go through. It's going to take a little while. It's <laughs> Hence going to be the December release. It's going to be one heck of a film. Somebody asked yeah. if it was going to be done by the Utah meetup here in two weeks, and I'm going to say no. We'll no, no. barely have figured I, out where I the footage have, is. I may have be aware of what we shot by that yeah. point. But anyway, yeah. so we do have a cool film. But So on Wednesday, we had a 1981, so the end of the C3 generation. Yeah, very cool. And very it was cool. a very, very cool car. But yeah. the car, I mean, these are all old cars, folks, okay? The brake boost was not available. So the brakes worked, but it was all manual braking. So get your get your leg involved. And in a huge way. I mean, these are, you know, yeah. just over 3,000-pound cars, mm-hmm. but so not terribly heavy, but not super light either. And yeah. you're all the way to the floor and going. <sighs> pushing hard, pushing hard. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we, we, these brakes actually we've work. graduated to disc brakes, but it, but there's no power boost <laughs> yeah. in this particular car. Yeah. So we're doing what we call follow footage, car to car. Everyone look at it. We're looking at the rear three quarter of, of this Corvette. The the Mini is is being a champion camera car and mm-hmm. following along. Yeah. yeah. And and we just we just know this ballet. The cars are all very close. This is our synchronized driving thing that we yeah. do. Yeah. Yeah. 
<clears throat> I'm driving the 1981 because, of course, I'm driving when this happens. <laughs> I come around a blind corner that I know is a blind corner, and I'm fine. I'm not going overly fast, except I come around the corner to find in my lane after I exit the blind corner are three deer looking at me. They looked up like, like hey, huh. we like Corvettes. Hey, that's a cool car. So I exactly. slammed on the brakes. One of them proceeded to quickly exit the closest uh, uh, shoulder. <laughs> the other two proceeded, uh, and I turning into the oncoming lane of traffic, which is thankfully clear, to get away from them. And, of course, the other two deer decided they wanted to be in that lane too. So I am. I do like you had had practice from the prior day about slamming on the brakes. Seriously. You apparently, this was a, my thing. This was my theme. So anyways, good, I good slam practice. on the brakes. And they're running away, and it's that decre- it's that decreasing thing where they're running away, accelerating, and I'm running at them, decelerating, and it's just going to be like, this is going to be close. By the way, the tires on that car are 20 years old. Yes. They're actually... We found that out near the end of the day, and I thought, you know what? That's not okay. <laughs> we, you know, I, I will take one quick slap here. There's <clears> a thing among these Corvette owners okay. about original tires. Okay, sure that, sure. that apparently when they go to certain shows, there's a big thing. You get extra point because you have, please follow me, the original tires sold on the car. Judges look for this. They do. We tried really hard when the owners got excited about that to tell them in the nicest way possible, please, dear God, do not bring those tires. Well, some tires are used for show purposes only. <laughs> please, please, As please. a caveat, they're used only to roll slowly on onto the lawn, yes. and they're for show purposes only so you can claim they're the original tires, which, okay. If your tires are more than but, five years old, I don't want to be driving your yeah, car. Exactly. Not really. But not driving really. on them, and of course the 81 car, the tires are 20 years old, so obviously mm-hmm. they're not, you know, they didn't come with a car. But still, but 20 year old tires. It's time for tires. Not good. It's, it's, it's past time for tires. So, luckily, uh, no deer were harmed in the making of this film, but it was close. Yes, but you close. still had a 1968 car that. Um, oh, but no, no, that, that's. To, uh, that was to get the, to. the lesser of the two. That was the lesser of well, the two. Because, because then I drove the early C3. The Todd first was still driving. Did, year did you catch on to that? It's still me. Mm-hmm. First year of the C3, the 1968, gorgeous. Kind of a By the way, I do orange. want to say this is a 97.1 finishing car judged by the NCRS judges, yeah. the National Corvette Out Restoration of points. Yeah, This is a top quality car. Yes. Beautiful. I'm driving it. It's driving really well. I'm having a perfectly good interview. Mm-hmm. I'm going doing a route we've done a million times. Uh, you, you, you see the story building. <laughs> I was at 3,000 RPMs. The red line is 6,500. And Corvette, back in the day, touted this as a, hey, this is a 6,000 RPM red Let's line go on run. this car. It's I designed my, to do I it. I put my foot in it, and just past 4,000, there was a nasty clunk. And I instantly let it off and went, okay, it's 4,000 RPMs. What happened? And instantly after the nasty clunk, the smell of coolant. If you've been following the story, <laughs> I knew this time. Now, the 1960, I couldn't feel anything. But this time, I went, I know exactly what that is. And I stared at the temperature gauge and started to watch it go up. So I pulled the car off. Yeah. Cracked the hood. Guess what? The belt's off. Through a fan. By the way, the owner did tell us between, you know, nothing really over 4,500 RPMs, which is what you had. And even though it does have a 6,000, you were nowhere near that red line. I wasn't a problem. He he said he generally drives at 4,000, 4,500 in shifts. Okay. But that's that's a normal thing. For sure. And the car is still running great. For sure. So it was, you did not go to red line. No, God, God, no, it wasn't even close. So anyway, so I popped the hood and I realized, guess what? I've thrown a fan belt. So then I do what we all do, what every person listening would do. You pull your phone out of your pocket. Mm-hmm. And I have no reception. <laughs> and I am 
uh, I am a good 10 minutes of driving from the guys. Yeah. And, I, and five, six miles, maybe? At, at like least. That. And here's the thing. Not only am I 10 minutes of driving away, but I know that if I'm going to get reception back, it's going to be three quarters of the way back to you before I get reception. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is a convertible that I do not own parked on the side of the road in the middle of nowhere. I'm not exactly going to fill my pockets with gear and start walking. That's a show-winning car. Yes. yes. Gorgeous car. So I'm walking yeah. around trying to find... I don't even know if I showed this to you. I'm walking around trying to find reception. And while I'm walking around trying to find really? reception, I'm halfway up this one hill and I find, like, is this an Indian burial ground kind of carnage. I told my wife this story. She didn't want me to come the next day, by the way. What? Because I find... The decimated remains of two deer nearly on top of each other, completely destroyed oh my by some animal. I find these remains. But in the middle of these remains is an entirely intact but also deceased owl. <laughs> Huge, laying on its face with its wings out I in the middle know of all this carnage. And I'm standing there going, what is going on this week? <laughs> so I finally flagged down a couple on a motorcycle. I joked with them I was going to jump on with them. But I flagged down this couple on a motorcycle and I said, look. I'm in the middle of the film shoot. My production crew is at the top of the ridge. Are you going that way? Just tell them. These are their cars. Tell them I'm out here. I'll be honest. It was weird when a couple on a motorcycle pulled up and they Mm -hmm. said, I think you're who we're looking for and your pal is back there on the road stranded. And we all went. Because the owner is standing right there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Those are the words he did not want to hear. Exactly. And he exactly. went, um, sorry? Yep. And so, of course, we all marshaled resources, packed the car. I sent uh, Chance and he mm-hmm. in Mini towards you to assess what was going on. Yes. And then we made decisions from there. So ultimately, the car had to be flat bedded out. But uh, the owner had Haggerty Insurance, and everything was fine. And we marshaled a tow truck, the flatbed, also, and they came and got him. But think about the fact that we had to now drive the owner... To back to cell reception, just to call the tow truck. Right, right. So I mean, which he did. Keep, keep in yeah. mind, in all of these scenarios, the show must go on, if you will. You know, mm-hmm. that's the cliche. Mm-hmm. We've got to figure out, okay, what can we still shoot? We got to keep this moving. We can't just go. Well, all right, sorry, we're we're done for the day. There's stuff to be done, so we're having to to kind of rally and twist and figure this out. Well, so in the middle of this, this owner has a twin brother whom he called <laughs> oh, yeah. as well. You're right. You're right. And his twin brother knew that we were shooting, and that his you know his brother's car was in the film. The Corvette mm-hmm. was in the film, and. And uh, he called his brother and said, hey, you want to, you know, here's where we're at. You want to swing by? And so his brother also was into cars and has quite a collection. And so he rolled up in a 1968 Jaguar E-Type. Gorgeous. Perfect. This this car is my white whale. This is the car I have never driven and have always wanted to and got me into cars. This was the car your dad had? Was it a 68 or it was at least a type 1? It was a a series 1. That that 68 is a series 2. So it's a series. He had like a series 1 and I think he had a a 1.5. And I mean, it's in that same approximate range. Yeah. Which I still can't believe you had never been in one. And so in the midst of this, with the adrenal glands going crazy and our just... You know, the shoot schedule kind of fluttering out the window at this point. And what can we break now? Yeah. And thinking, all right, what's next? He offers to Todd, because I said, you know that he loves those cars and he's never driven one. And he said, well, he should drive it. <laughs> and so he offered it to you. Yeah. We actually both ended up driving it. Yes, amazing. But yeah, I, I love that that was a very different cathartic thing right in the middle. It was a palate cleanser moment. And it was very, it was talk about a left turn in the middle of thinking about Corvettes. It's like, now drive this British thing from it's the like same It's like car era. sorbet, it, honestly. It, it really was crazy. And it was so nice. And we're going to try really hard because this is a gorgeous example. We're going to try really hard to get it on uh, camera as a fast blast. Yeah. But yeah. it was really great I need to, to drive. Call him. 
It was such such a weird ad to the day. (laughs) So uh, as things have progressed, then fortunately, day four was fine. For me, it was fine, except for one problem. I mean, this was kind of a a joint problem. Fine being a relative term. the, The morning of day four, roughly 10 miles as the crow flies from where we were shooting, a massive forest fire began overnight with lightning. Yeah, it was a lightning strike, and mm-hmm. it grew from 7,500 acres to over 20,000 acres overnight. No, no, no. From the morning we started shooting till the oh, afternoon. Oh, that's right. The, during the, morning, the day, during the day that we're that's shooting, right, that's it right. went from 7,500 acres because to 20,000. It was clear in the morning. We were, thought mm-hmm. we were fine. And then as we moved further up the canyon, <laughs> ash started raining from the sky. <laughs> now, we didn't see flames. We didn't. We were not that close. It smelled like a campfire all day. Yes. The yes. inside of the Mini and the Expedition smells like a campfire yes. still because that's the doors agreed. are open with getting gear in and out all day yeah, long all day long the, the the smell about this car has changed i love the campfire smell but it's now great. i'm smelling the forest fire but now you're over it yeah pretty much but but so that is a day completely filled with smoke and at some point i was joking that we were all just smoke jumpers shooting cars because i mean it was just it was raining ash well so it's going to give a very different look to that generation <laughs> you think yeah <laughs> it looks like fog and then you realize no that's smoke that's yep. forest fire the sun's gone orange and um yeah. you know we weren't making too many references to you know the cars are smoking hot no we we'd really tried to we'd, stay away from that well there, there were it was difficult. puns all week long yes but yes the forest fires affected day 4 and day 5 as yes, a matter of fact less so on 5 thankfully yeah. Yeah, it did. Uh, it did still continue. Thankfully, it's abated now. The, mm-hmm. the fire crews have done an amazing job. That was perfectly but, clear by now. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, just incredible to be that close. I've never really been. I've seen flames, you know, before, yeah. but from a good distance, and I've never been kind of up in a canyon and thinking, "There's one road out of here." Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. know the exit, I know the direction, <laughs> and here we are trying to ignore everything and carry on yeah. to shoot as if, no problem, it's just going to give a different look to things. Let's pull the ND filters and keep shooting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was interesting. <laughs> but wait, there's more. <laughs> All right. We having fun yet? Yeah, <laughs> for sure. On our last day, uh, day five was the C5, uh, 6, and 7, so the last three generations. Yeah, yeah. Z06s, this is footage for the film, and actually it's going to be a cool TV show. They're going to be separate things, but but it's going to be both. Uh, we were up a different road. One of our best-looking days. The trees were amazing. The road was fantastic. We were driving quickly. The there was leaves. no traffic. It was so awesome. Yeah. Edgar's with us. Uh-huh. Yeah. And Edgar's driving the white, brand-new generation Z06, mm-hmm. which already had kind of, how do I put this, a, a, a quibble? <laughs> I'll get there. Yeah. <laughs> I'll get there. So 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 it already had kind of a, kind of an issue we had to keep our eye on. Yeah. Um, but he's driving along and I'm following him in the mini and we're going we're doing a camera move location to to the next turnout, right? And the trees are this gorgeous flame color on both sides of the road and we're driving through Aspen. Don't say flame gorgeous. color. It, well, it was. Don't say that. He's not driving that fast, okay? And I don't know how this is possible, but an enormous I could dwarf horses sized mama moose. <laughs> that was black as night. How she appeared out of, she was the exact opposite color of everything on the side of the road, and she was in view in one step. She was just like in the forest, and now she's in the road. They have a huge profile, but if they turn, you know, like, you know, dead on, they're really slender. They're really So thin. she steps in front of the Z06 with the demeanor that suggests, excuse me, I'm walking here. I mean, Gosh. just she just stepped right out. And by the way, I wasn't there for this. I was mm-hmm. following the expedition, and I'd come around the corner, and you guys were ashen. So hmm. Edgar slams on the brakes, okay, as do I, and she saunters across the road. Hu- huge, by the way. 
And she gets three quarters of the way across the road, and we think it's all ended. And, of course, you know what's coming next. Here comes her calf. Did she acknowledge you? Did she even look at you? No. She was just like, excuse me, I'm walking here. The calf comes across the road. Of course, it's half her size, which means it's still big. And it comes (laughs) across the road. still the size of a Clydesdale. With with a demeanor to suggest, oh, my gosh, what am I going to do? Mama left me. There's a car there. It comes across freaked out. And we just all sat there until Mama and calf, and again, two steps into the other side of the road, they vanished again. It's like some sort of weird magic trick Mm. with a moose. Mm. So that happened, yeah. Well, so this issue that the C706 had. Oh, yes. And thanks to the very generous and kind owner who lent us his car. He was not with us during the shoot, but to borrow the car, we had lined it up a month prior, six weeks prior, and we knew we were getting the car. And so picked it up, and he said, well, I've got an issue with Mm -hmm. the front right wheel. I thought, okay. Turns out he's got a cracked wheel. On the car. A small crack in the rim somewhere near the Mm. the air stem, yeah. Well, so what that means is, he said, well, take the small air pump with you. It plugs into the 12-volt cigarette lighter there, Mm -hmm. and you're just going to have to watch the gauges on the Mm -hmm. instrument panel and continue to fill it with air. Well, the problem is, it's right near the valve stem on the back side of the rim. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Towards the inside of the the rim and closest to the car. And so that meant if you parked... On the valve stem, it would actually flex the wheel a little bit more, and more air would escape. Of course it would. And so we had to keep doing this. We were filling it. You would drive 20 minutes, and it'd go from 29 pounds, 30 pounds. To like 18. To 18, and then you'd park, and then it'd go down to 9, and then... We, oh. We'd park it and worry about another car for a while and come back and realize it's parked on the, on the drive. When was the last time you got out of a car, <laughs> looked at the wheel to see where the, the valve stem was? Never. It never crosses your mind. No. So we would be parked, and of course we'd be parked, and the valve stem would be down, and we'd be like, well, now we're at nine. Yeah. You you park with the valve stem up, it would sit there and lose like one PSI in a few hours, which feels kind of like, okay, we can handle with that. But you park it, quote unquote, wrong, and it's it's, – so we kept refilling this car. Now, please don't don't misunderstand me. We're not out there driving and doing a review and driving hard on a car that's got 12 PSI. We were very militant about this. We had to be. And we We had had good PSI any time we were driving it, but it was just the car that kept – like, like, kept tugging on your shirt, like, uh, notice me, uh, notice me, hey, hey, notice yeah. me, hey, have you filled my tire yet? All day. Because every day. time we thought, all right, we need to put that on camera, oh, no, we've got prep work to do. Mm-hmm. Get the pump out and stand there for five minutes. See how it's Wait doing. Wait it's full. See how it's doing. And then one is, once it is full, the car drives normally. Off we go. Of course. You're just constantly looking down at the tire pressure information and going, oh, oh 28, Ooh. drive faster, get done, hurry up, 27, oh, no, <laughs> <laughs> on and on and on. And the wheel hopefully can be fixed, but the front wheel on the Corvette C706 is $700. Uh-huh. And the owner is still kind of waffling whether to be, you know, should I buy a new wheel or try to see if the current one can be welded and fixed? We're yeah. not sure yet. He's going to investigate that. But it was fine. The wheel's not going to fall apart. No. And, of course, it's banded together by the tire around it. And we're still. we were tracking the car. I and we're not know. tracking it. He said no tracking, and we didn't want to anyway. Yeah. But it it was just a, another little thing to continue worrying about. <laughs> and I'm just Something going, every day. I mean, please, please me. don't misunderstand me, guys, or misunderstand us at all, because we are ecstatic about this film. We are thrilled with the results of the kind of footage that we got. It's spectacular. It was just yeah. really interesting that yeah. we had these things to surmount kind of every little day. There was, the, oh, well, there's today's issue. And so we got through five days of shooting to get 
through 12 full cars of shooting interviews. And then the following day, the sixth day, was the day you've probably seen photos from uh, parked in front of this cool thing called Frank's Echo Gas. It's this really run-down, really cool gas station in a town called Echo, Utah, that is one of the towns, as I understand it, it's one of the towns used as inspiration for the movie Cars, the look of the movie Cars. Mm-hmm. It's Red Rocks in the background, old run-down kind of mom-and-pop gas station. We gathered all 12 generations around that in and around that area. It looks so cool. It does. That was our fun. It does. And there's clothes. the cozy cafe next door. Yeah, Remember absolutely. the cozy cone motel yes. in Cars? Yep. So this was the inspiration with the red cliffs in the back. and. It's we're crazy. thrilled to it's have crazy. that connection it was very with fun. all these cars very, in there. All right, so a quick bit of show business before we break and uh, come back with a car debate, and that is Season 3, Episode 5 is coming mm-hmm. your way September 22nd, coming up this 2018. Weekend. Yep. So this is the Mustang comparison. We've mm-hmm. got Chance's 1967 Restomod mm-hmm. and another 1968 perfectly stock, as stock as it can be, yep. with uh, you know keeping a 50-year-old car running. Yes, and those two are coming at you, Velocity Channel, 7.30 Eastern Time. And thanks to our sponsors, Covercraft, Grios Garage, Auto Tempest, and Brush Hero. And we still have some giveaways coming from both Covercraft and Grios. Even if the, the TV season has finished on Velocity, it will still exist on Vimeo and Amazon. We're going to do some giveaways from those sponsors. We have been so busy, we haven't been able to cover this giveaway, but both of them are excited to do that again, so we will set that up. So look for those giveaways. You can still use the discount code every day at either place. Covercraft is free shipping. Mm-hmm. Grios is 10% off, which is very cool. Uh, we're talking to them already. Already we're talking to them about season four because you and I are already shooting season four. Which is crazy after mm-hmm. doing six days of film shooting in addition to <laughs> yes. television. Absolutely. And yeah. the podcasts continue and we're excited, a lot though. more YouTube so content coming your way too. A surprising amount of YouTube content <laughs> yeah. is actually getting backlogged in the editorial right now. And so yeah. that's going to be coming a lot in the next few weeks. That's really cool. We are clearly not sitting down much unless it's to drive a car. There's not a whole lot of, I'm just going to sit here for a minute and do nothing. Good way of putting it. Yeah, it's not happening. All right, guys. Well, we'll be right back with a car debate. Here's some useful car tips you might not be aware of. A coffee filter and a little bit of olive oil can clean your interior. Removing excess weight from your car will improve the gas mileage. Why? Because the car is now lighter. And you can place your key fob on your chin or against your temple and increase its range. Weird, right? Well, here's another tip you might not be aware of. TrueCar also helps people get used cars. That's right. TrueCar isn't just for buying new cars. With their certified dealer network and nationwide inventory of nearly 1 million used cars, you'll enjoy real pricing on actual inventory and a simpler buying experience whether you buy new or used. And with TrueCar, users can see what other people paid so they know if they're getting a good deal before they're buying. They're also more likely to enjoy a faster buying experience by connecting with a TrueCar certified dealer. When you're ready to buy a new or used car, check out TrueCar and enjoy a more confident buying experience. Some features not available in all states. I can't believe it. That Gerald is presenting the quarterly budget report with finger puppets? Look, here comes a 1.7% decrease in fixed overhead. Hello, everybody. No, I can't believe how easy it was to save hundreds of dollars on my car insurance with GEICO. Who are you? The projected increase in organic Q3 revenue. Hooray! Believe it. Geico could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Our sponsor, Wrangler, has given a slightly different copy for our ad, so we realize there's only one way to handle this. We have to bring back the voice. Everybody has a favorite pair of jeans. The pair that fits perfectly and always looks great. The pair you wear out at night, at home, on the couch, at work, wherever. 
They're the go-to, and you can't underestimate their importance. No one knows this better than Wrangler, the authority on jeans. Using their expertise in comfort and durability, Wrangler jeans are made for the adventurers, the go-getters, the folks who like to keep moving, whether you ride a bike, a bronc, a skateboard, or even drive a car. You could be a person that just wanders the earth looking for we're not sure what. These are still the jeans for you. Classic or modern styles, a range of fits, even vintage re-releases, with a price that works for you. Wrangler has something for everybody. Visit Wrangler.com and check out their great selection of jeans, shirts, pants, outerwear for men and for women. New styles, great fits. Wrangler. Real, comfortable jeans. That was proper. Yeah. We're back with Patrick in Connecticut, who mm-hmm. writes to us with his debate. He is uh, driving an 04 Audi A4 3.0 Quattro. Yeah. Actually, the engine and the year of my A4. Oh, interesting point. Yeah. Mine was an Ultra Sport, so it had the Ultra Sport package, and it was the Avant. But I'm glad to hear you've got 158,000 miles on it. He purchased the car with 20,000 miles, so he's been using it 125K, 11 years, and he says, you know, guys, it's time for a change. And after discovering the podcast a couple months ago, he knew where to write and what to do. (laughs) Hopefully, you haven't replaced it quite yet because we do have some recommendations for you. But you've got to hear his story here. He commutes to work 50 miles round trip daily, Mm -hmm. hence the mileage. Yeah, for sure. And he says that could go up in the future too, depending on what happens with the job. So he's in Connecticut. He's looking at all-wheel drive, but he has heard our endless commentary about buying winter tires, getting Mm -hmm. the car you love and want. And if that means a rear-wheel drive-only car with the right tires, that could actually be better than all-wheel drive Mm -hmm. with with, uh, all seasons. I'd swear by it for sure, yeah. Congratulations, Patrick. Uh, you and your fiance are expecting a, a son, and uh, that is uh, a growing family, so that's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're glad to hear. You're like so six weeks out from uh, parenthood, so brace yourself, my friend. Your life is Plastic is coming. Yes. So they're looking at four doors because of the child seat thing. Some mm-hmm. of the convenience. For sure. Yeah. All right. So he wants a car that's safe, reliable, fun, locking in on Mercedes. And you and I don't talk about Mercedes Benz's. That often, Not we that didn't often, touch on true. it some, but I thought, so. you know what? This is interesting because mm-hmm. his dad had a 1976 450 SL that he got to drive for several years, cool. and it hooked him on Mercedes. Yeah, yeah, yeah I see it. Just pretty it. cool. Yeah. And I love that parents influence kids just by virtue of the, the cars that they have and own mm-hmm. and just kind of gets into your blood, and you love that, you know, whatever it is. That reminds me. I, I don't think I told you this. My son... Okay, yeah. is where we were doing Corvettes. He got a ride midweek in the eighty, no, the nineteen ninety two C four. That's right, which That's he liked. Right. I took him to school in it one day, and he cool. really liked that. Cool. But then the next day, he happened to see the C seven Z six. And look, <laughs> you you know from listening to the podcast, he likes the Lotus. He's a huge fan of the Lotus. He looked at that C seven Z six like I had parked a spaceship in the garage. It does sound pretty cool, and it looks. I mean, with all the crazy angles, he was like, "Can you take me to school in that?" And I couldn't. That was that wasn't the way the schedule. Yeah, worked. we had to. But when the shoot was camera. over, we still had that car, and I took yeah. him to dinner in it, and he was just eyes were saucers the entire time. Fantastic, which really really fun. Anyway, onward. Fantastic. All right, so. Patrick says the first car that he made payments on was a 92 C220, which held out until that A4 that he bought that he's driving now. Yeah, yeah. So now he's back to looking at C450s or the C43s, Mm -hmm. which is kind of the AMG bit of a hot rod, little little tiny bit in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then our discussion about the GLA45 has also gotten him interested in Mm -hmm. that. 
But he says, am I missing out? Am I mm. too focused on Mercedes? And this could be for any brand, anything Agreed. that... Agreed. And, and I point fingers at myself, too. Mm-hmm. You know my proclivities, and I... A little I, bit of Porsche in there. Yeah. I, uh, mm. I have to take my own medicine here and say, am I always locked in and too focused on that? Should mm. I... Mm. Stick my head up and around, and no, I shouldn't. <laughs> Look no, what's over there. Wait, yes. Look what's over there. Yeah, there's, <laughs> there's things so outside the pool. Cars. Of That's crazy. I know it's it's crazy, but I I do discover cars that I love. And by the way, we're going to talk about all those Corvettes and pick our top three. So that is in the film for sure. Yeah. So he's thinking, all right, what should I do if I didn't pick a Mercedes? What should I go look at? What am I missing? Mm-hmm. Where should I start with a budget of 30 to 35? Yeah. And he's pushing yeah. it all the way to 40 for me. Thank you, Patrick. Is, yeah. And he says, I might get $1,000 if I trade in that A4. Yeah. Maybe. Yay. And it's got to be an automatic for commuting. Mm-hmm. And he said, for fiance reasons. Hello, fiance. Congratulations. Yes, for on sure. On your baby bump. That's great. And uh, he's not planning on tracking it anytime soon. But he does give us bonus points if he could potentially track this car. In the future, so yeah, wow, kind of interesting. This is cool. This is cool. First off, I want to say to you, Patrick, that the C forty three is a good find. the The current C class in sixty three AMG form, the uh, we drove the C sixty three S, S, I think it was. That is a surprising hot rod, but the C forty three can get that same AMG treatment without as much of a bomb of an engine, and it's still a really great car. The chassis is yeah. good. The tuning with the, the, the S AMG tuning thing is really excellent. I think the C43 is a really good option if you can find it for your budget. If you like the size of the GLA, but you're wondering about, okay, should I get another SUV? Should I get an SUV? Because you know y- your wife has the Q5, then mm-hmm. I will say this to you. I actually think the C43 is the better choice, but you could look at the CLA. Could. AMG 45. Could. And go to smaller sedan. Pretty small. But pretty I small. But I want to talk to you about, I have four other thoughts for you that are, please go drive them. Seeing your Mercedes proclivity, stepping you away from Mercedes that I think solves all your problems. Automatic, fun, four doors, usable. I've got four other options I want you to drive. Four. That's a pretty good choice. I like the list. I've got three for you, Patrick, and I want to dive in here. My choices, you could argue, are really not track-worthy, even though you can track anything, mm-hmm. even mm-hmm. Jeep Grand Cherokee Trackhawks, which are You probably are don't want to, but you certainly could. Not designed for tracking. You certainly could. Yes, just, just aren't. Just, I, I wonder if you drive that car fast enough if it straightens the bends of the track. Does it just, yeah. does it just pull the tarmac with it? Well, I was thinking there might be a setting in one of those sub-menus. Probably, yeah. You could probably make that happen. All right, so I'm down to a Kia Stinger GT. Mm. Because of your budget... And you push me all the way to 40, you could find a really nice one. You might be able to find a GT2. You've been finding de- deals here locally, new ones under 40. That's a, that's a great one. That's a I'm great looking one. at this car because it does actually come from Peter Schreier, the former head designer of Audi. Oh, I see what you did there. Yeah. See that little connection there? Well done. Well done. And I really I saw one in that red color, and it just it turned my head the other day. I just thought, man, what a great-looking car. They're larger. They are larger mm-hmm. than your A4. I remember mm-hmm. that A4. It is fairly small in the back seats, yeah, and yeah. that might be a good thing. But that hatchback configuration holds stuff, holds strollers. I think it could be a serious contender here. Lots of usable space. Yeah. Lots of horsepower for what you can get for that yeah. budget. Yeah. You could probably spend 35 38 mm-hmm. and get a GT, maybe a GT2 at that point. Mm, I see where you are, yeah. And at least my suggestions come to you from a go drive it and go 
think about it and feel something different that isn't the Mercedes headspace and the Mercedes design philosophy. Mm -hmm. And this will be interesting. You'll either love all these suggestions or you'll say, nope, I'm back to Mercedes. And that's Mm -hmm. perfectly fine. It'll either solidify your choice or you'll think, huh, I am kind of missing out. Even though (laughs) here I am needing to take my own medicine. Yes. However, we all have our favorites, so that's perfectly okay. If you say, you know what, guys, thanks for the options. I drove them, didn't like them, back Mm -hmm. to the Mercedes, great. Mm -hmm. I do like your options that you've suggested here. And I do come to that with the second car that we drove in that film against the Kia Stinger. It's actually the benchmark car that Kia brought forth to Mm. say, hey, here's the competitor. It's the 430i, the BMW 430i. The Grand Coupe. Grand Coupe. Love it. Fantastic car. Mm-hmm. Brilliant. Mm-hmm. Also has that German feel that you love. Completely. Completely. And quite a good spacious car. You know, still has that long hatch kind of thing with uh, a lot of space back there. So these two we drove for, you know, again, Kia calling out the BMW. But mm-hmm. they're larger cars for sure. But they could really fit a need. Not super track worthy. But I do have a third wild card for you here. Okay, great. Something you need to look love at. It. And it's because they are, even though they're really super brand new. The, the website claims they start at thirty five eight. Okay. And since you gave me 40 to spend... Look at you. I'm right there. Love it. I don't know that they're in dealerships quite yet in September 2018. However, that's coming. If you can hang on to that A4 just a little bit longer, go look at a 2019 Volvo S60, which hmm. is the brand new redesign, not the 2018. I'm with you. I'm 2019, with you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, which yeah. incorporates that new styling that they've got going on that is introduced in the S90 trickle down to all the rest of the cars now Mm -hmm. the ip is a lot different in the new car and that's why Mm -hmm. i suggest going Mm -hmm. brand new and compare it to the mercedes honestly i dare you i really this is a throwdown car compare the switch gear compare the seats the seating position the drivability all of those things Mm. and i think that car might sway you because it has every bit as much luxury as a Mercedes does, every bit. I like it. I would stack really that good. car oh, against sure. any the way C they're, they're interiors or are E class. I agree with that. Their interiors are killing it right now. I think that's a good call. And it's brand new. Good. Got brand new good. tech. The style is gorgeous. I'm thinking, go look. You might be able to get something. It's not the full boat, you know, fully loaded model for 40. But mm-hmm. if you can swing 40, then I say go look at that S S60. Hmm. I like those. You and I did not pick any of the same cars. I mean, I the I, reason but I, picked I like those, that though. I love that, Patrick. The reason I picked those because they didn't lean towards the track thing was because I think you're going to be busy as a new father, Completely. and I think you're just going to be busy working your head down, building yeah. your family, paying attention to them. And I don't know mm-hmm. how much track use you would get out of these anyway. I think it's so. Little I to thought none. that was very low down here as far as the requirements are concerned. I think it's little to none. Yeah. But what I what I want for Patrick is. When he's just commuting by himself, and for whatever reason, it's the on-ramp, it's the the cloverleaf, it's the random back road. He just goes, I like this car. Yeah. That's what I want for you, Patrick. So I already mentioned the, the, the Mercedes. I have four I'm going to mention to you that I think okay. you need to drive. And I even thought of a wild card while we're talking. <laughs> really? You're but bringing it. But I'm really it. using that Mercedes and, and, and the things you've looked at as my reference point. So um, four... Very different cars that you must drive. You need to drive the E90. This is last generation M3. Mm, okay. Because okay. I think in many ways it is, and it's in your budget, in many ways it is the perfect yeah. do-it-all dad car. Interesting. You can drive that car slowly with the dual-clutch gearbox 
and kids in the back, mm-hmm. and it's just a nice German luxury car. Just happens to be a track put monster. Put your foot to the floor on an amazing back road or on the track and be competitive and make yourself cackle. <laughs> the only thing I don't like about this car for you, it does like gasoline quite no, a no, bit. No, 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 it loves. It, yeah, it has, it has a relationship with gasoline, and it is a bit obsessive. Let's put it that way. So that is the downside. You do put a lot of miles on a car. That may, that may take out of the running, but go sure. drive this car sure. because it's a very different feel than the Mercedes you're talking about. In a similar vein, a why haven't you driven this car kind of question. Since you looked at the GLA, I thought about this. The current Golf R. Get a one- or two-year-old current Golf R. Interesting. Automatic, hatchback, plenty of space for kids and stuff, and a perfectly good family car. Yeah, I like it. But lots of performances in there. So I like the Golf R for you. Hmm. The Mercedes led me here. If you are thinking Mercedes, and look, some of you are going to shake your head, but, but you have to do it. You're thinking Mercedes, drive the Lexus. Lexus IS 350 F Sport. You can find used ones well within your budget. You can almost get a new one in your budget. Yeah, yeah. Talk about reliability. It's going to kill it. It's just going to oh, kill it. Oh, it's going to be fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that IS 350 F Sport, that's one of those cars that driving it at 70 or 80%, it's brilliant. It's great. Mm-hmm, and it does mm-hmm. all the nice luxury stuff and family stuff, and it's going to run. And this styling may or may not be for you, but come on. If you look at Mercedes, drive that. And this is the other reason I bring up my other alternative in this category if you're going to bother to go out and branch out and drive the Lexus, drive the Cadillac ATS. Really? At least drive it. I, I know really? it's a love-it-or-hate-it styling, and but look, you can even get that in the 2-liter. I kind of wouldn't, but you can get it in a 2-liter if you're worried about gas mileage. But that's going to be the best chassis of all of them. With the magnetic ride. You've got to get the completely, magnetic completely. ride. That's a must. So drive the ATS. Yeah. And then I thought, okay, hang on. I drove by one of these cars, the car I'm about to mention, my wild car. I drove by one the other day, and I just looked at it. I just I just looked at it as I drove by and just okay. thought, those are really cool. And we've driven it multiple times. Okay. Go see how much Alfa Romeo Giulia you can get. <laughs> That's my wild card for you. It's so funny. And it's a wild card because we keep talking about the it may run great or it may not question. Maybe lease it. Maybe I like that we're it. at least a year into seeing how the quadrifolios are going to do. Yes, yes, yes. But but there are huge deals available on that car, both new and on lease, if mm-hmm. you get the lower end. And you and I, we don't have a piece that we've done on it, but you and I drove the base one three, four months ago. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And still looked at each other and went, this car's great. I mean, look, it I really love – my personal garage has a quadrifolio in it, okay? My personal, like, I would like to have garage. I've talked about it before. My dream garage has got a quadrifolio in it. But the base Alpha Julia looks good, is nice inside, and drives well. That red flavor yeah. still turns my head. In the quadrifolio, so that I want just you, turns my head. I want you out driving stuff, Patrick, and there's a part of me that just says – you get the base quadrifolio. I mean, pardon me, the base Julia, not the quadrifolio, the base one. It's probably going to get decent gas mileage. You're just going to like the way it looks. You're going to like the way it drives. That's a pretty cool dad car. Hmm. Oh, that's fantastic. All not Mercedes. And again, yep. Patrick, you might yep, come yep. back and say, guys, completely. I like the feel of the Mercedes a lot better. Fine. At least it's solidified. At least mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. now. And that goes for any brand flavor that you love. And you're thinking, what am I missing? You yeah. might not be missing. You might not be, but dr- but take the homework and go drive. I mean, for if sure. you're a Porsche sure. enthusiast, you might not be missing anything. Oh, stop it. Yeah. <laughs> was that out loud? Yeah, it was. I can't yeah. control my inner monologue sometimes. It doesn't. You don't even have to say it out loud. You just exude Porsche-ness. I know. Yeah, uh-huh. 
All right. We've got to get to questions here. I don't know if we can get to them all, but guys, thank you so much for writing in social media. By the way, if you've got your own car debate, everydaydrivertv at gmail.com, please write to us with Mm -hmm. your story, your debate, and you can also find us on the website at the contact button, everydaydriver.com. It's under the about tab up in the top right corner. Hit the contact button. You can write your car debate to us there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Jump into questions here. What did you find here? We've got a lot of great ones. I was there's, laughing there's so as I was many. reading through. There's these. so many. There's Corvette ones. There's there's all kinds of other ones in here. I'm going to start right here though because I am living in this spot. Okay. A McFarlane writes in on Instagram and he says, "Okay, when you're looking for a specific used car, as I am right now, mm, right. but you can't find the color you want. I saw this. Do you just ch- take what you can get and either paint or wrap the car, or would you hold out until the right car comes along? I am I am the mayor of this question right now. Okay. I'm in the dead center <laughs> okay. of this question. All right, bring it. My answer to you is going to be, how are you actually going to use this car? Okay, because okay, good. There, there's an example of the car that I want that is everything I want, except it's even a really good price. It's white. And I absolutely positively do not want white. Mm. I'm going to say this to you, A. McFarland. First off, don't have a color you want. Good. Have two or three Good. that you're okay with. Okay? And I think if you, if you find one that has all the stats you want that's in one of those three colors, just buy it. If it's not the color you always wanted, it's one of the colors you really like that car in. Okay? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I would not buy a car, personally, would not buy a car that is in a color you flat out do not like. Okay, Mm. because I think then you just keep questioning. It doesn't look good enough, and I wish it was a different color. And the problem with a wrap, and I've looked into it, the problem with a wrap is you don't have the ability to take it through an automatic car wash. Now, maybe that's not a concern for you, but it is a concern for me on my winter car. The Lotus, I'll put it in the driveway, and I'll wash it. Plus, I don't have a choice, but but I will. But if it's your daily, if it's a car that you just – life is happening around it. Don't you want to be able to take it through an automatic car wash? I do. I know that's sacrilege to you, Paul, and many people listening. You're, you're, you're cringing right now. The I know hairs, I can, can you see the hairs cringing. in the back of my neck I back can, here? actually. And, I don't, yeah. and, and they're all the way to the side of the room. Yeah, but no. the point is, yeah, I know how much that bugs you, but, but this is just how I live, okay? So I don't want to put a wrapped car through an automatic car wash. And do you want to paint it? I mean, if, look, if it's, if it's a five or $6,000 car, paint it. Who cares? Paint it with okay. a roller. Ser- practically. <laughs> but if it's, if it's a car that you really like and you might, you're concerned about ever selling it again and it was worth a decent amount of money, I don't know that you really want to paint it. Hmm. So I think you wait until you find a color that you at least are okay with versus just going, well, there's one that's everything else, but I hate the color. I should buy it now. I, I, I wouldn't. I just wouldn't. Yeah. All right. I'm, I'm with you. There's also a question that I wanted to explore from JME B-Man on Instagram okay. who says, I don't really have dream cars much anymore. There are so many cars I would love to have, but I don't find myself gravitating towards any one single vehicle anymore. Do we ever experience this? Mm. And I want to unpack this a little bit and focus on this word dream. Because, yes, we have dream cars, all the expensive sure. ones we can't afford. Sure. But dream cars that are aspirational, like in a couple of years, if I you know, save just a little bit more or I cut mm. that out of my life, mm. I could actually afford one of those insert car here. Hmm. I feel like this is tragic because, honestly, I have to look at cars every day. And it sounds <laughs> crazy and stupid and weird. And this I know is our disease. I am way out there. Yeah. But yeah. I have to look at cars like Good ones, nice ones, fun. Mm. Ideally, in person, in the real thing, not just you know pull up net car show or you know whatever that is. Sure, sure, sure. Look at cool pictures of cars. I, I need to look at the proportions. I need to look at them outside. I need to look at them moving. And it, 
I, I just, I love looking at cars, mm. but if you're to the point where you feel like you're dead inside and you're, <laughs> what's wrong with me? You know, I, I feel for you. And so maybe back off the future while wow, all the R8s and the 911 turbos and the whatever it is, the way out there, but what's the ones that, you know, you could actually aspire to for 40,000, 60,000, maybe somewhere in there. Maybe that's still too much. Maybe it's, yeah. Yeah, yeah. you know, less than that, but you know, maybe you can start driving some things and finding some Turo cars mm. and start feeding it that way. And kind of readjusting this word dream. What does that actually yeah. mean? I think, I think there's redefine that. Yeah. I think there is some unpacking to do. What I wonder about this question is this. I wonder if he's asking, I don't have the one icon car right now that I just go, oh, that's the one. Mm -hmm. And I think that's normal. I, I, I think, I think you go through stages sure. where you're just like, this is the only thing I want. But I, I think there, there is so many, there are so many interesting things out there right now. There are so many really good cars out there right now that I think it is hard to go that one. Mm. But I don't think that that should paralyze you at all. I think that it in, sounds in like weird he is way, paralyzed. I think that bit. I think that headspace can actually free you to be like, these are all good solid choices. So which one do I want to try? Which one am I, can I actually genuinely go? Yeah. I could get that one because yeah. I, I think there is some some possible paralysis by just going. Oh, I'm overwhelmed by the goodness because there's a ton of great stuff out there. But I don't think you have to have a you know the 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 sunlight beams down and you go. Oh, I don't think you have to have that car. No. I think you can have six things. That you're just like any one of those. I would aspire to own. I'm also wondering be about phases about of life. Completely. Oh, that's from a, a huge factor. Not from a midlife crisis standpoint. I know what you mean. What I'm saying is, you know what? I've gone through a round of front-wheel drive cars. I've sure. been having front-wheel sure. drive cars in my life. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm ready for a real-wheel drive car now. Yeah. And then you kind of focus on those in a, in your particular budget. Or maybe yeah. you kick it up 20 grand, and that's your aspirational budget for two years from now. I like it. I like or it. something like that. Sure. And, and start setting goals. But maybe along the way, you've turroed it. You get to drive it. You think... Yeah, I can't wait to own one of these for myself. Mm. Or you think, huh, that that just didn't match my expectations. Mm. And it, you're kind of helping guide yourself through the phase. And, you know, you're focusing on rear-wheel drive only. And you're kind of narrowing it down rather than Audi R8s and, you know, all these mm. crazy supercars or whatever it is from Z06 Corvettes. To, yeah, or but this is the car. Yeah, You know, because it is. Because then that car that you get will be that car for this time in your life. Mm. And you'll have it as long as you have it. Again, listen to me preach and I'm <laughs> thinking about... Yeah, some point that'll come around and dawn on you. Yeah, it's anyway, it's going to bite me. Yeah. I know it is. Uh, Dammy wrote in on Facebook, thank you, Dammy, and said, are the 350Z and 370Z still, still viable, affordable sports cars? The short answer here is yes, followed by they are discussed at length in season four. Excellent. Ed the Sled is asking if... Uh, can you increase the weight, or if you increase the weight, would it increase a car's performance? Or is lighter always better? Now think about this. Okay. Can an increase in weight ever increase this car's performance? The weight will take away the feel of the car, yeah. increasingly so. Yes. It doesn't necessarily increase the performance, even though we have the Nissan GTR as the weird wild child example of mm -hmm. being close to 4,000 pounds and doing things that astound sure. everybody. Sure, yeah. You think, what on earth? How is it able to do that? Mm -hmm. But the feel continues to go away because you have to add more power to overcome that weight mm -hmm. and more mechanicals to 
throw that weight around and manage the weight Agreed. of where it is yeah. in the car and on the road and how it translates through the tires. Yeah. So no, it doesn't necessarily increase the car's performance. It doesn't necessarily decrease it because... We can point to the GTR as an example, yeah. but it certainly well, but decreases the feel agreed. of See, what yeah. that car does. I think you've hit on, on the real truism here, and that is a question of are we talking about performance meaning feel or performance meaning what the car could do? Because, yes, as cars get heavier, they can also get much more powerful because the engine's bigger and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. They can get significantly just faster. Mm-hmm. The numbers on the spec sheet can get more and more impressive as the weight goes up. Yeah. The the Bugattis are very heavy. The yes. GTR is very heavy. Nobody's yes. arguing these are not high-performance cars. But if performance for you is feel, that is killed by weight. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. There you go. All right. Something else on here. Uh, let's see. Uh, Gary the Cycling Nerd asks a question of, we just shot a bunch of Corvettes. Oh, this is good. Do we consider the Corvette a supercar? And I'm going to combine this with another question from Oliver T. Hinton, best vet C6 ZR1, that was the big boy, 650 horsepower, or the current C7 Z06. I'm going to wrap these questions together in the following way. Mm. The current Z06, the current one, look at our California piece from season three, okay? Uh, Season two, sorry, the California piece from season two. Yeah, right. Um, We just drove the C7 Z06 again for the Corvette film. It is on my personal shortlist. It's an amazing car. I think the Z06, sorry, C7 Z06 is a better all-around car than the ZR1 C6. Agreed on that. It's a better refined car. So now let's take that Z06 and lay it alongside the current supercars and go, is this a supercar? My question for you, Gary, is what's your definition? Mm -hmm. And here's what I would say to you. In performance, absolutely. In aspiration, Definitely not. I don't think guys that are looking to buy a supercar, they're spending more than six figures. It's a little bit of a show-off car. It's a little bit of a, I'm excited to be able to just park this and say I have it. Sure, I can I see don't that. think the Corvette competes in that, how do I put it? I, I, I don't mean this as tacky as it's going to sound, but that kind of posing show-off world. It doesn't. Sure. Because sure. it doesn't have that cachet. Why is the new Ford GT $400,000? Because it makes it more supercar. But if you're a person that is shopping for, I want, a, I want supercar performance, and you aren't looking at the C7Z06, I think you're overlooking something. Oh, I, I definitely agree. And so I think, the, but, but the, and you mentioned in your question, you, th- you wonder if the C8 is going to put the Corvette there. I think this is where the Corvette's needed to go. It needs to go mid-engine. It needs mm-hmm. to be more expensive. Mm-hmm. If it wants to compete in supercar world with the R8s and the 570s and the, insert, the, the NSX, it needs sure. to compete in that world, 150-ish grand, mid-engine, needs to look crazy if it wants to compete. But the Z06, current Z06 is, uh, and I, I know this is a cliche on Corvettes, the performance value for dollar has always been a Corvette discussion, but I, I think it's difficult to get in that car and not think, let's just compete with whatever. Mm-hmm. It's a great mm-hmm. car. I'm, I'm looking at your price comparison here because you said it, it can't be. Not as long as a base version is $60,000. Well, that means we're measuring supercar-ness by price mm-hmm. instead mm-hmm. of what it can do. Yeah. And if, you, if you've ever had the chance or ever will have the chance to drive the Z06, the C7Z06, 650 horsepower, 650 torques. Mm-hmm. It will spank many other supercars. 
I mean, well, spank them hard. It's it's more car than ninety eight percent of the world will ever need. It's unreal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. But for sure. you're right. It's not that expensive. Used ones are sixty five. Yeah, seventy. Yeah, yeah. yeah, the base Corvette is in the mid fifties. The base one, which by the way, the base Corvette at four hundred sixty five horsepower is not a car you drive and go. This is slow. <laughs> yeah, right. So let's right. add two hundred horsepower to that. Two hundred pound feet of torque to that. And then have a discussion about what this car can do. And the way it's set up, it's yeah, absolutely yeah. phenomenal. So it's got the supercar performance. Completely. And it'll, it'll, but not the title or the cachet. No, no. And that's you know that's what Corvettes have always been about. That's about to end, though, when it goes to... We'll see. A, a mid-engine We'll see. I kind of hope so. I kind of hope so. I do, too. All right. I'm looking at... Uh, up here, Ian D's question on Facebook. We've talked about this a lot, and he says, besides rebadging the car, what are some other license plate no-nos? He recently spotted a mm-hmm. truck with Alaska plates that said, Alaska. Okay, yeah, I saw a Jeep in high school from Michigan whose plate said Vail. <laughs> it's like, you get to use that two weeks out of the year when you come to Vail for Christmas. You mm-hmm, get to mm-hmm. play the joke. It's... um. It's a fine line, I'd say, because it depends on the car. If you're poking fun at yourself or the car or you're clever and creative, great. Have at it. If it's mm-hmm. your initials, I'm fine with it. That's mine. I, I yeah. actually yeah, yeah. thought of plates that I wanted to have later on, but I thought, you know what? It's just it's mine. It's you know my initials on there. I didn't rebadge the car. But yes, you if you're not. renaming your car or you're saying the year of your car and your license tag, we should talk. <laughs> Yeah. Less of that. Less of that for sure. Uh, Mike Hoffman wrote in Hoftron 9000 on Twitter. I actually like that handle. That's pretty great. He wrote in on Twitter and said he's looking at Alpha 4Cs. They're in the oh, 40s yeah. now. Yeah, yeah. They're in the 40s now. Think about this. Oh, my gosh. He's wondering, should this be my next car? He's also saying, okay, he's wanting us to guess that thing we are terrible at. He's asking money questions. What do we think the bottom of the depreciation curve is going to be for the Alpha 4C? Mm. Here's my answer for you, mm. Mike. I think it depends entirely on what Alpha does next. The rumor is that car is going to be killed and will not be replaced. If that's true, I think those cars are going to bounce. I think they're going to get kind of like the Elise. They'll get into the mid-30s. Nice ones will be 45, 50, and they'll just kind of linger there for Mm -hmm. a bit. Mm -hmm. If Alpha replaces it, they're going to keep dropping. They're going to keep dropping. They'll drop to 20s. With before very long, but I think it depends entirely on what that car happens. The reason the Elise and the S2000 have hovered in prices is because there isn't a replacement in the domestic market. So that's the question I have about the 4C. And I think that's the thing. The 4Cs are are getting, quote-unquote, affordable now, and it's a compelling car for sure. There's a lot of things about it that are compelling, but I think its depreciation curve really won't even depend on reliability. It's just going to depend on... Is there a replacement or not? I think the the Elise, if they bring a new Elise to the States, <laughs> all the Elises that like mine are gonna they're gonna be ten grand off almost overnight. Yeah, yeah. That's anyway. a problem. All right, we'll wrap things up with one more question on Instagram from Cadbury, who recently noticed that he's got two different normal driving styles, two distinct styles. The way that he drives by himself and the way that he drives with others. Now, naturally driving by himself involves plenty of fast cornering and other maneuvers that generally make his passengers uneasy and terrified. Do we ever do the same? <laughs> Absolutely. Completely, yes. We all have different driving styles. And you're driving hard and fast for yourself, and so you, your expectations align with what the car is doing and what it's going to do. Mm-hmm. Your passengers have no idea unless 
they're prepared and they're strapped in and you, you're on a track and they know mm-hmm. what's coming. <laughs> but I'll guarantee you, you're riding with people who don't drive half as fast as you do. Mm-hmm. And they're going to be freaked out. And that's why they're uneasy and terrified because they don't know your level of driving skill. They don't know your appetite for risk on the road, how close you take things, Mm -hmm. how, you know, do you dive for the stoplight? Do you, how close do you cut the corner? Are you really close to that wall? All those kinds of things that as enthusiasts, you know, we do. I'm, I'm saying, I'm naming kind of dangerous things and Mm -hmm. stupid things, Yeah, but we all do them. We all have been there. And I'm just saying those people's driving styles when they're by themselves, mm-hmm. those might drive you up a wall. Sure. So you have to drive for other people unless they're ready and they're, you know, have agreed to, okay, let's, let's have at it. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. We're all driving for the comfort of other people because you have you to be kind to your passengers. You have to respect your passengers. Yeah. And, I, and I will say I'm, I'm prone, especially with my family members. I'm prone to go probably look, I've, I'm compromising. I'm not driving nearly as fast and hardcore as I would like, but it's probably a little faster and more hardcore than they would like. It's mm-hmm, it's that mm-hmm. I got, I got to back this off and find a place where they might drive a little slower than I am, but they also know it's me. But then there's also this that happens. <laughs> in the middle of the winter, I think about this happens every year. In the middle of the winter, I will steer toward an empty parking lot. If my son's in the back of the car, he's like, oh, yeah. If my wife's in the back of the uh, in the passenger seat, she'll be like – do we have to? Do we have to do this? <laughs> and sometimes, yes, we do. At other times, you know what? I'll turn back out of the parking lot and forget they even thought of it. You know, it just yeah. depends. You gotta, you yeah. just got to read the room. Just got to, yeah, read the moment, read the room. I agree. Well, guys, thank you so much for writing your questions in. We've got a lot more to cover. And as you can see, we're finally finished shooting Corvettes. We're thrilled to announce awesome. it. And it's, it's in process. Todd is buried under a pile of digital data. There's a whole lot. Wow. But it doesn't even count season four. It doesn't even count season four I stuff. I know. Yeah. I great. know. We're still lining things up. I love it. We're in the midst of uh, Onwards. And uh, yeah, we are going to be at SEMA. So just putting that out there early. That's true. Yeah. We're coming. Looking forward to next time, guys. Thank you very much. Cheers. Geico presents unhelpful home improvement how-tos. A slippery bathroom floor can result in expensive hospital bills. So today, I'll show you how to cushion a serious fall by filling your bathroom with thousands of plastic balls. Just nail a piece of plywood across the doorway and dump in 2,000 multicolored plastic balls. You could try to protect yourself with a bathroom full of plastic balls, or you could get liability coverage through the GEICO Insurance Agency. Visit GEICO.com and see how affordable renter's insurance can be. ADT can design and install a smart home just for you, backed by 24-7 protection. A new smart home at your service, customized for your lifestyle. Set up custom automations unique to your home to automatically do the things like lock the doors or set the thermostat when you leave. Even close your garage door from virtually anywhere. ADT will set up your home with multiple smart home devices and security features like indoor and outdoor cameras, locks, lights, and garage door control, even video doorbells. Visit ADT.com slash podcasts to learn more about how ADT can design and install a secure smart home just for you.